Amen began with actually a group of physicians meeting right here at ASI back in 2004. That means just about um, 15 years ago. <clears throat> they met um, at ASI the following spring. There was a meeting at Cahutta Springs and then a uh, first conference was in 2004, I believe, in San Diego. Um, how many of you were at that very first conference? So quite a few. So very good. I see Naren here. He was one of the ones influential in getting this started with, with a meeting that began right here at ASI. Then a bigger group got together at Cahutta Springs. Pastor Finley was involved with encouraging us right from the start. And uh, he met with that small little group. And so we've been having an annual conference now for 15 years. Um, right from the very beginning, um, I was in a point in my medical practice where I was feeling just a bit burned out with the day-to-day -day activities of practice. I would go off on medical missionary trips. I'd been to, um, to Nigeria, to Rwanda, to Zambia. Um, that was just really rewarding and I thought of myself as doing medical ministry when I did those things. Um, I would occasionally do a five-day uh, cessation plan, help out with CHIP and do things like that at my church. But my practice was my practice and uh, my ministry was my ministry and the two were completely separate. And that wasn't very satisfying. Leaves to burnout. Um, if you're just chasing that day after day after day, it's not uh, very fulfilling. And so this came right at the right time when I was asking the Lord, Lord, there has to be something else. What is it that you want to show me? <clears throat> right at that same um, instant, um, you know, I went to Loma Linda, but unfortunately I did not learn how to pray with patients at Loma Linda. I did do a rotation at Wildwood with Dr. Dave DeRose for one month, and I had the opportunity to pray with one patient, which was the most awkward um, thing that I ever did. I decided I was never going to try to do that again. The gentleman was very deaf. I was yelling at the top of my lungs, and by the time I got there, I couldn't remember his name, and all that just so I could sew up a laceration on his ear. <laughs> just wasn't mentored. It didn't go well. Um, I thought there might be a role for praying with patients, but I did not know how to do it. <clears throat> and so it was kind of a discouragement. And then I worked in a cath lab with a bunch of Millennials, a lot of just hip young people that just knew it would be embarrassing to try to pray in front of patients in front of them. And so right at the same time that Amen was starting, um, I had a case of a patient who had a very critical left main coronary artery disease. We engaged it with a catheter and immediately the blood pressure just plummeted and so we had to put in a balloon pump and support her with a bunch of pressors and quickly try to get her over to the OR. One of our anesthesiologists came in. There's 20 or 30 people now in the room trying to get this lady ready to just crash over to the OR as fast as possible. And he just stopped and said, everybody, can I have a moment of silence? I'm going to say a prayer. And to my amazement, these young millennial hip people that work in the cath lab with me all stopped. And afterwards, they're like, wow, did you see that? That was He, he prayed with her. That was amazing. And I just felt this dagger in my heart thinking, I should have done that. And I didn't know how to do it. So I was challenged by Pastor Finley at that very first Cahutta Springs, the pre-Amen pre as an organization, but where it was getting going, um, to actually go back and pray with patients. And uh, that has radically changed my practice. I'm not going to talk about that today at the Amen conference. I 
Um, actually partner usually with Pastor Finley on a seminar just devoted to praying with patients. I believe that it is the door to open, or it's the, it's the process that opens the door to a spiritual conversation. And it just had so many incredible stories, but we don't have time to do that. For a while, I um, began thinking that God needs amen, and God needs me as a medical missionary. There's a small sense in which he wants us, but I've come to realize over the last couple of years that that's absolutely backwards. And uh, so what I just want to leave you with the point is you can join Amen. It's not going to be for all the free stuff. It's not going to be because we send you all kinds of things. You're not going to get that big of a discount to our conference. But the reality is, is that I, that, that amen needs God, and I need amen. Why? Because I'm naturally self-focused. I'm naturally bent toward worrying about myself. And the last thing that comes into my mind is serving other people. And if you guys all want to admit it deep down inside of your heart, each of us has self and a self-interest. We need to serve other people because that's the experience of the cross. It's the gospel. It's what we're being taught. Jesus said that if I be lifted up, I will draw all to me. He's got to be lifted up first and foremost in my own heart so that then he can be reflected to those around me. And over and over in John and in Luke, Jesus says, he that takes up his cross and follow me. We are called to take up a cross because it's the cross of self-denial. And it comes in the form of serving those who are not always very desirable. <clears throat> the people that would otherwise burn me out if I did it day after day. But it's been radically transformative to see myself as now participating with God in reaching each of these, these people. And it's been a radical transformation in my thinking, a radical transformation in my ministry. And I believe that's at the very core the gospel and the health message coming together is critical. And the gospel is the story of Jesus, his life, his death, his resurrection. The gospel united with this is for our salvation and the salvation of the world. I need amen because otherwise I am self-absorbed, self-focused, be worried about all my things, worried about my vacations, not getting disrupted by going to little churches that are so dirty you don't want to sit down in them. I would be skipping all that stuff if it wasn't for the call of the gospel. And amen has given me some practical ways to, to uh, push that forward. I just wanted to read one or two quotes that I thought were interesting when I think about amen. So... This is a manuscript uh, release, volume 4, page 427. The Lord has signified that the missionary health restorative gospel shall never be separated from the ministry of the word. The Lord Jesus has in his own example shown us the way in which his work is to be done in the restoration of suffering humanity. <clears throat> and as Pastor Wilson already mentioned, Jesus spent more time in teaching and healing than he did in public speaking. There is a work to be done. So a few years down the road, um, as we started having conferences and we began encouraging people to begin engaging their medical practices, their dental practices, and turning it into a 
a medical missionary field, a, an evangelistic effort. Um, we uh, don't remember what year it was, but we got the call from the General Conference right after the Haiti earthquake that there was a great need for immediately to have physicians and dentists to go to Haiti. And they called Amen. I think because of <clears throat> Pastor Mark's uh, connection with uh, Rebecca, who was the administrative director at that time. And uh, within just, I think, 24 to 48 hours, there were a team of members of Amen that went to Haiti. Some of them were there as long as 10 days. It had a transformative effect on them and a transformative effect on our thinking that we needed to engage in this sort of practical outreach. And so Amen began sponsoring once a year an international mission trip. And just a couple years farther down the road, right around 2012, um, they started um, having the experience of thinking, what if we started doing free clinics? And the idea of Amen Free Clinics came up right around 2012. Um, a little bit, um, initially we were kind of a little bit scattered. We'd hold them in convention centers, we'd hold them in different places. But over the last couple of years, sometimes through difficult circumstances like uh, running out of funds, we uh, realized that the Lord has called Amen to try to fulfill the niche of providing free clinics in local churches. And we absolutely believe that there needs to be a connection between the local church as a medical outpost center. Every church should be an evangelistic center, but it should also be a medical missionary center. And so Amen now is working and partnering with churches, as many as 30 um, per year, with our small team to come in and provide free dental care, free vision care, and free health care. And it just has had a revolutionary impact in a couple of ways. It inspires physicians and dentists. I heard the testimony of one dentist who hadn't been to church in five years, but he came to an Amen clinic. He got engaged in the Amen clinic and it restored his confidence in getting engaged with Adventism again. So it renews um, our commitment to being involved in the work of the church. We need to be engaged in ministry. It's for us, primarily, the world, secondarily, <clears throat> that they need to see that. The other thing that this does is, as Elder Wilson shared um, the quote, <clears throat> this opens the door. Medical missionary work is the opening wedge that opens the door to spiritual conversation, but through a few brief experiences, I think it does even more than that. <clears throat> um, Lindy had the, had the uh, opportunity, Wendy and I both were, actually this one was at Pathways, but we had the opportunity to help out with Pathways, which is a big free clinic. <clears throat> and um, she was taking care of a lady, they were so tired at the end of the day, she just barely cared what the lady said, but the lady said, wow, this is a pretty nice program that the government's providing. Wendy was tired and thinking, oh, I don't even know what to say about that. But her nurse said, what? What did you say? This isn't the government. <laughs> and uh, at that point, they both explained to her that this was the Seventh-day Adventist church members doing this voluntarily. And she just broke down sobbing. Could not imagine that somebody would do that. It has the immediate effect to reach the heart. I had a gentleman come into the clinic, and after um, providing for his needs, um, he just said, why do you guys do this? And he says, well, we're Seventh-day Adventists, 
And uh, Jesus came to minister to us. We want to minister to those in need. And he just started crying. He said, I don't know what Seventh-day Adventists are. I've never heard them, but I want to be a member of your church. So, yes, there's some things he needs to learn. Um, But the reality is he's seeing the gospel in action, and it is appealing directly to his heart. And he wanted to respond right then and there on the spot. That is the power of medical missionary work that I believe that God wants to use in these very last days. Um, Let me read one more quote. Testimonies for the Church, uh, volume 6, page 289. The medical missionary work should be a part of the work of every church in our land. Disconnected from the church, it would soon become a strange medley of disorganized atoms. Have we seen healthcare work in the Adventist church disorganized, disconnected from the church? Sadly, that's been the case for nearly 100 years. But God's plan is to restore that in these very last days. She says it would consume, but not produce. Instead of acting as God's helping hand to forward his truth, it would sap the life and force from the church and weaken the message. Conducted independently, it would not only consume talent and means needed in other lines, but in the very work of helping the helpless apart from the ministry of the word, it would place men where they would scoff at Bible truth. If we are not connecting with our patients spiritually, I believe that we are committing medical malpractice. Become more and more convicted of that as we've been studying this together now this past 15 years. And so I'd like to close with Romans chapter 6, verses 17 and 18. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. As physicians and dentists and healthcare workers, all of us are at a higher risk of the successes that come with our field. Pride, selfishness, getting caught up in materialism is a particular thing that we have to fight for your own salvation, the salvation of your families, and for the witness to the world, I would encourage each of you to become a member of Amen or in some capacity engage in medical missionary work. We as physicians and dentists aren't supposed to be doing this work alone. We should be leading the work, educating our churches, training every layperson, and imagine what that would be at the very end of time. Every church, a health, a place of healing, a health ministry center. Every home, a lifestyle center. Every Seventh-day Adventist, a medical missionary. That's what God has envisioned for these very last days. And I believe that he raised up Amen 15 years ago for that purpose. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.